Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion! With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. The Great Scott Show coming at you on ESPN Lafayette. Hope you all had a wonderful weekend. It was a busy one. We have a busy show. We have a lot to get into. So, Louisiana and Georgia State in the uh, men's Sunbelt Conference Tournament Championship game tonight. Just like everybody drew it up, right? Right? Holy cow. Holy cow. I mean, you got the Cajuns missing Kobe Julian. Continuing to win games. Just win. You know, they held on after, you know, leading by a bunch back on Thursday against UTA. Then on Saturday, Jordan Brown was incredible. They beat the number one seed by seven. I mean, they were hot. And then yesterday, they hold Troy to 57, and the Cajuns' defense was superb. And Greg Williams, who I've talked about a lot this year, remember talking to Eric Mutaw about him. You know, this guy, he feels like he has a future playing pro ball somewhere on Somewhere somewhere around the globe, local guy, St. John transfer. And it, at some point this year, you know, I asked Coach Marlin about him. He said he's lost his confidence, but he's going to find it. He's, gonna, he's, he's, he's an awesome guy. He's a great player. He's going to figure it out. And you look at him over the last few weeks, started trending upward, 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 and he has been tremendous in all three of the games. And he was great. Let him in scoring last night, but the defensive side of things has been tremendous for the Cajuns, who now get to take on a team that they have a history against. The last time Louisiana was in the NCAA tournament was eight years ago. They beat Georgia State in the semis in a game that is unforgettable and teams that did not like each other. And I get that you have, you know, the coach Hunter is no longer at Georgia State, but this is a Georgia State team that was at the bottom of the Sun Belt early in the season, struggling a ton, and then just started winning and got healthy and got it together and played all the way up to a number three seed and is playing good ball, and here they are. They won double digits yesterday against... Excuse me, not double digits. They won by five last night against Georgia State, and now Louisiana-Georgia State tonight at six? By the way, the Cajuns as the eighth seed, the highest seed ever to advance to the title game. Georgia State, well, they've been here before. This is their fourth straight final, by the way. And they're going at it tonight for a chance to punch your ticket to the NCAA tournament? Are you kidding me? A lot of college hoops to get into this morning. Coach K's last game at Cameron Indoor Stadium, which gave everybody plenty. If you love Coach K and Duke, it gave you the tears. It gave you plenty. If you love to hate him, boy, it gave you plenty of ammo. That coming up later this hour. Cajun softball, again, 
continue to beat the teams that aren't ranked. Their losses this season, two against Bama, two against LSU. We're going to talk to Coach Glasgow coming up at 7-15 as we do each Monday. Rage of Cajun Baseball, heated series against Southern Miss. They win Friday. They lose Saturday and Sunday. We'll talk to Coach Deggs at 8-15. Coach Mike Murphy, assistant coach for the Rage of Cajun Basketball team, will join me at 8-40 this morning. We'll have open phone lines in between the interviews. Pelicans playing good ball, lost a wild overtime game last night to Denver, but again, the team's still trending in the right direction. But let's get back to Cajun hoops for a moment because beyond the fact that they continue to win, Coach Marlin, who many of you out there felt like, well, you know, when they lose in this tournament, that might be it for him. He's gone. Just step back for a moment. Give him his kudos for the job he's doing and, you know, say a prayer for the man. He lost his mother on Saturday, which was also Coach Marlin's birthday. And it was, you talk about just uh, a, a, an emotional, an emotional time, right? He spoke about it last night after the game. He was asked, what's the last 24 hours been like? has been, so... Uh, we're excited about Monday night, and, and and the guys know that we have one more. And uh, Zoom question for Coach: um, Can you speak to Greg's performance, how big it was today, and how he stepped up in the last few weeks? All right, this is uh, on Greg Williams, and then you'll hear his response to the question regarding uh, his last emotional twenty-four hours. So stay tuned for that. But first, his response to the Greg Williams question. Well, as I said earlier, he's done a really good job. I mean, he's he's practiced hard. He he wasn't having a lot of success earlier in the year, and and he lost some minutes, and he just kept fighting and fighting. He's a great teammate, I'll tell you that. Both these guys are outstanding young men and great teammates. And Greg just kept working. He's got a great shot, and uh, I tried to get him to be a little bit more aggressive. I thought he's really good transition this whole tournament and and shooting his three point shot. Uh, he got a post up tonight on out of bounds. But like Theo in there, but uh, really, really proud of Greg the way he's played. Uh, Zoom question for Coach: uh, As much as you're comfortable, can you detail the last 24 hours for yourself? It's just been really uh, emotional, and uh, you know, trying to get home. We we think we got two hours sleep last night, and uh, drove six hours and. To, to be with my mother. Uh, yesterday was my birthday also, so a lot of things going on. And the, the team knew, a lot of people didn't know, but, uh, you know, we were able to get there and see her. And my mother was a uh, four-year letterman or letterwoman in uh, high school, and she loved basketball. And she would have uh, wanted me to be here today, and I, I can feel her strength. I can promise you that, and I think our guys do too. So it's been a hard day. Uh, I told the coaches to make sure they watch this game because I'm going to go get some rest. And the Zoom question. There you go. There's more we can hear later, but um, it was uh, – that's heavy, man. That's heavy. And uh, the players, Theo Akuba and Greg Williams there next to him, had their – their arms on his shoulders, and they 
talk later about them wanting to, to, to do this for each other and, of course, for Coach Marlin during this time. There's a lot of emotions going into it. And the fact that they're in the conference tournament game tonight, the championship game, it's against Georgia State. I did not expect it. But if you told me they're, they're going to make a run to the conference tournament championship, I would have said, well, it'd be apropos if the opponent happened to be Georgia State. And here you are. And Georgia State is the only, you know, the Cajuns basketball team, for all their struggles this year, they've won six of their last seven, and the one loss was against Georgia State. So here you go tonight. You can hear the radio call that one tonight over on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. It'll be televised as well on ESPN2. Always sync up the radio broadcast with the TV broadcast. Get the Cajuns home call of the game. I mean, it was just, wasn't that long ago. Where, you know, Coach Marlin was on the show, my show, what, Thursday morning, said, you know, it's the season's been frustrating. You know, we have some talent. We just, we haven't consistently gotten it done, especially in, you know, late in games. And then since that happened, you know, they've reeled off three straight wins from the conference tourney. Big moment tonight. Big moment tonight. I'll get into Coach K, Coach K's farewell to Cameron Indoor. That thing. Good Lord. That coming your way later this hour. We're going to visit with Coach Sherry Glasgow in a couple of minutes. Coach Matt Deggs coming up at 8.15. We'll get into some baseball talk then. Got to chat about the Pels conference tournament, college hoops, all kind of wild stuff happened. LSU's went over Alabama in OT. A lot to dig into, guys. Don't go anywhere. I'm Scott Prather. This is the Great Scott Show. I'm coming to you from the ESPN Lafayette Studio, sponsored by Bet Rivers. Every day at Bet Rivers Sportsbook, Louisiana, you'll find line specials, daily boosted odds, parlays of the day, and more. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app, the best Louisiana sports betting experience. Learn more at betrivers.com. Coach Glasgow, coming your way next right here. This is ESPN Lafayette. Don't go anywhere. Coulda, shoulda, and woulda. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin quarter mile. Are you serious? They all play here. Coach would have put me in fourth quarter. We'd have been state champions, no doubt. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. ESPN. ESPN. Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. ESPN Lafayette, Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather, ESPN Lafayette, 103.3 on the FM, 1420 on the AM, streaming worldwide via the ESPN Lafayette app. If you're listening to us via the stream, that's brought to you by Champagne's Market on the Wilson or Champagne's going 
the extra mile. Joining me now, the head coach of the uh, Louisiana Raging Cajun softball team, Coach Jerry Glasgow. Good morning, Coach. How are you? I'm doing great. Good morning. So uh, a weekend, um, you played Thursday, two on Friday, one on Saturday, two wins, two defeats. The defeats came uh, to LSU, one in uh, one in Lafayette back on Thursday, and then one in Baton Rouge. What was was there a big difference in those two games in your mind? Is is there? Did you see uh, some growth between the two games? What was what was your thought? Because I talked to you after the game Thursday. I haven't talked to you yet after this last one on Saturday. But in your mind, what was the biggest difference between those two contests? Uh, you know, the results were very similar. I thought, and I th- I, th- I thought we saw our team. I like the way they competed on on game two offensively better than game one, but neither game was up to, you know, neither game was up to the standard that we want to hold. Um, And I think that's going to be normal. I think that's somewhat normal for a, you know, for a team that's trying to find itself as a team um, against a team with good pitching. You know, LSU struggled this year. They've not had the greatest start in the world either. But the one thing that they do have, and they've always had, is is really good pitching. And they kind of hang their hat on their pitching staff. And and those pitchers are very good. And there was, there was things that I liked about our team offensively that I thought was exceptional. Um, they drew more walks than they had strikeouts. I think we struck out. Twice in in the Saturday game against Kilponen, that's very hard to do. Uh, and drew four walks. And then Friday uh, in the Thursday game, uh, I think we might have stuck out four times in that game. But, you know, we, we, they're competing at the plate really well. For, for a team that's, you know, finding itself and finding its identity, uh, trying to prove itself. I like the way they're competing at the plate. We just aren't getting the results that we want. But as long as you compete hard and you compete well, then you, I don't have any doubt that the results are going to come in the long term. And then when you combine that with how they've competed against other programs and other teams, you know the results have been very good. Now, there's a big difference between the pitching at, at, that we see at Alabama or that we see at LSU and and we see it at our other teams, but the fact that they can already compete and get good results against, you know, teams like UAB that's going to be a top 50 or 60 RPI team at the end of the year, um, those are those are things that are really good. Um, but we've got we've got to just kind of keep growing. We've got to grow. We've got to grow as a program. We've got to grow as a team. Coach Jerry Glasgow, I guess you talked about pitching and LSU's pitching. Uh, you're pitching. Um, Kendra Lamb uh, looked good against against Central Connecticut, but didn't you know different competition against LSU? What's your message to her right now? Um, you know, and and you know how good she is or can be. You know, we've seen it. But how do you feel she's done in some of those bigger games? And and what's your overall message to her right now? Well, there's a big difference between Central Connecticut and LSU, right? So, you know, we're thrilled with the results that we saw on Friday, but we also understand, just like offensively, 
the results against those teams aren't indicative of what you're going to see against top 25. The thing that we know about Kander Lamb is here's what we know. We know that she's capable. We know that she can go to LSU and shut them out. At the peak time of the year in the NCAA regional, you know, at a moment when it's really important, when the lights are bright, we know that she can shut them out because she's done that. So that's a really good thing to have in your back pocket. You have, uh, uh, you know, some success in the past. And what what my advice to her is is to keep growing. Because here's the thing, you can't, if you're a pitcher, you have to kind of reinvent yourself, so to speak. And you, and a hitter or a pitcher in college softball, <clears throat> each year the scouting report grows. So you can't come back out here in 2021 and try to do the same thing, that, uh, 2022, and try to do the same thing you did in 2021. They got a scouting report. And all, uh, simply all LSU did was they let her throw the same high pitch that she's been throwing for the past couple of years, but they took that pitch instead of chased that pitch. And Central Connecticut, they swung at the pitch, and she had great success because they swung at the rise ball just barely above the strike zone, and LSU took that pitch. <clears throat> so she's going to have to reinvent herself a little bit, go back to work in the bullpen, get her something that she's throwing at the knees, you know, I've talked. We've we've talked. Justin, I've talked about that the last couple of weeks, and you know, she's got to command the ball down in the bottom corners of the zone a little bit to get ahead, and then then use that pitch as her out pitch instead of as her setup pitch. And you know, they've got a good handle on that. It's just a matter of now. Let's go back to work, reinvent yourself, and and uh, you know, we're we're talking about one one bad inning, uh, but it was a huge inning. And it had a huge impact on the on the program and on our team and on our, you know, on the results that we're trying to to improve upon this year. So I'm not downplaying it in any way. I'm just saying, you you know, you can hang your hat on that seven inning shutout you threw back in May, and you can hang you know I don't know if you hang it, but you can you, you definitely want to keep it in the front and foremost in your mind that the lessons that we learned in, in the defeat on Saturday and go to work and build from there. Coach Jerry Glasgow, <laughs> our guest, ESPN Lafayette. So uh, you and pitching coach Justin Robert show the plan maybe is to, to, to bring her out of the pen for a little while, you said, or is that uh, it, it, the, the plan is obviously to to fix a few things and, and you know, get her back. No, no, to, I, didn't, I didn't say anything just, about bringing her out of the bullpen. I said, go to work in your bullpen session. Got you. Okay, I just wanted you know, to. I, I'm thank you. Sessions. I, I, I'm glad we got clarity there. Okay. No, that, may, yeah, that makes. Yeah, that, that's no different than that's no different than what Megan Sherman's doing right. and what you know Sam Landry's doing, what Carly East's doing. They use their bullpen sessions or where they're going to get better. Gotcha. And and this time of year, you're going to have less and less bullpens. But one thing we have to do at this time of year is cut back on our bullpen session because we got to protect our arms, and so. The little time that you have to practice, you really have to have focus, and so that—that's her. That's going to be Candra's thing: is just getting the velocity, getting, getting, getting the the high velocity pitches down in the bottom corners of the zone <clears throat> on the OO and the O one count. Uh, and then you know, if she's going to go back upstairs, she needs to go back upstairs when she's got two strikes. She's uh, she's got. All-American potential there for sure, and uh, folks have seen, 
you know, as you mentioned what she did back in May and, and you know, it's it's you, you like to your point, coach, right? A, a short outing. You don't want to it's that delicate balance of you don't want to overplay it, but you don't want to ignore it either just because, oh, well, in the past this happened. And I guess as a head coach, that's one of the things you, you know, you, you have to speaking of balance. Why don't we go there? Like, I know that when you and I talked before the season, you said, you know, patience is something I, I might have to to work on. You know, I might talk to my wife after a series and say, okay, you know, if we didn't win, maybe come talk to me before I talk to the media. I know in the moment during the game, it's difficult. You've got some newcomers, but at the same time, I mean, it's you, you play to win the game, right? How are you doing to this point, coach, with your team in terms of patience with the, I guess, uh, growth of your team? Because we're still here in early March, and, uh, you know, Jordan Campbell was telling me Thursday night she still feels like this team, you know, has the talent and the wherewithal if they keep growing to, to reach all their goals ultimately. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't. I mean, uh, I haven't slept well since that game with LSU. You know, since the two LSU games, my my nights have not been very restful, and that's that's okay. That's what I get. I get paid to win those games, and uh, to lose them really impactful on me personally. But you have to also have to keep a balance and weigh it all out, and balance it all out, and and then see it in reality, like. In the first two hours after the game's over, I don't see the game in reality. I see, you know, see it from a frustrated, um, defeated, you know, uh, angry. Uh, there's a lot of emotion that goes into a loss like that when you work that hard for a month and you don't, you know, you don't have your kids prepared and and you, you know, you're really it's hard on a coach. On the other hand. It's important that that we step back. I mean, I spent the day in the office yesterday. Um, I, I was in the office from about noon till whatever five thirty six, and luckily, you know, no coaches come in, no one come in. I didn't see anybody else. I just sat there in my office and looking at the numbers, and you know, you have to really watch the game from uh, from a different perspective to really get a feel for what you got to do and what you have to go forward and. And that's the that's the thing with this young team, right? We're seeing all kinds of mixed results and and mixed um, signals, and and those are things that you know. If you go back to the preseason press conference, when I would say we're going to have bumps along the way, we're going to have uh, if things that I know was going to happen. I, I I understand. I under I I know you can't just. It's not as simple as just rolling a bunch of young talented athletes out there and they start winning. They have to. They have to build, and they have to grow. And uh, you know, the all, all that is difficult, even for a head coach to keep in perspective. And then, I don't know how fans. You know, fans fans get paid to root for a team to win, and they 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 have the privilege to support your team and cheer for your team. They also have the privilege and the right to criticize your team and your coaches and. And so if I was sitting in the stands, I, I could sort of be critical of the coaching right now. And and I get all that. That that, that part doesn't bother me. What bothers me is we got to win. Um, we just have to win. And, and I know these kids are talented. Like The one thing that I'm more resolved in now than I was in February, I thought this was going to be a really good team in February. I'm more sure now 
But at any point in the fall, any point in the winter, any point in January, I'm I'm more positive this team is really going to be special in the future. And I think in this at the end of this season, which is com- compounds how frustrated I am right now, because you see moments where. Man, the potential of Megan Shoreman is far greater than what I realized it was in November or even January. And the potential of Sam Landry is just as, uh, in my mind, is, is just as great as it was in the fall. You know, I knew Sam. I had high expectations. I knew she could be great. I wasn't sure about Shoreman. Um and I saw I saw signs that she could be good, but you know we saw signs against LSU that she could be absolutely great, like one of the best college pitchers in the country if she could put that all together and harness all that talent. And we got a we we saw signs against Alabama where we have to work. We need we need we need improvement. We need growth with Megan and 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 so you're getting both. And that, that's our whole team. You know, if you look offensively, you saw Alexa Langler's at times look like one of the best young hitters in the country. And then you've seen times when she looked like a freshman that was struggling in her first season. And you look at the end of the day right now, like she's got a 375 batting average. Well, the potential's there, a 345 average, whatever it is. The potential's there, but we, we've got lots of work to do. But but it's undeniable that the kids have tremendous potential in my mind so really fired up about the next two months and, and excited about going to practice today uh i can't wait to get on the field all afternoon with them and and we've got to we just got to start you know uh working even harder than they've already been working and and they're young and enthusiastic and talented so that makes practice really fun to see the things that they do each day but we got to put it together and each game the rest of the season is going to be tremendously important to this young group of uh, of athletes. So, and, we, and as I, I just used the word young, and I, I try not to do that in this interview and in all interviews. I, it's it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter at this point if we're young or old. It matters how well we compete. So, while the reality is, yeah, they may be young. We've got to quit. We got to quit thinking of them as young. We got to quit thinking of of them as you know, being youthful, um, the same as injuries, you know, it doesn't matter if we've got Piscos or we don't have Piscos, our job is the same. It doesn't matter if we got Rain O'Neill, we don't have Rain O'Neill. Our job is the same. We've got plenty of talented players to make up for those players when they're out and we can still perform at a high level. So that can't ever be an excuse. So We've just got work to do. That's the bottom line, and I'm really excited about the team. I'm I'm more than ever committed to the fact that this team can be um, one of the top top teams in the country when we put it together. Coach Jerry Glasgow has been our guest. Um, you know, Megan Schwarman, I guess uh, something I'll close on. You mentioned her performance, uh, her both her you know outings against LSU, what she did against Louisiana Tech, and seeing her perform and how different it was <clears throat> at times compared to the previous weekend, you know, it, it's there, there's, that's just one example, right? There are a lot of things you've seen where there is some growth, but there's also a lot of areas where, as you said, 
we're not there yet, but we can be. We just have work to do. I guess you're talking about trying not to use the word young. So my final thing, and and you, you, you know, you talked about it a little Thursday evening, but you feel like in some of the bigger games, as we said, and in, in some games against ranked opponents are bigger than others when the competitor is, you know, ranked compared to a team that, you know, maybe is still looking for their first win. You said in some of those bigger games that it's the young players, their play is kind of the same. And maybe some of the veterans, whether it be pressure, putting too much on themselves, whatever it might be. What's your message to the veterans on this team when it comes to these big games? Just to, you know what, you you, you got to play it like you always do. You know, I mean, I know that was something maybe you, you were able to discuss before uh, Saturday's game against LSU. But last question, Coach, if you could touch on the fact that, you know, one good sign from your young team is young players is that when it comes to, you know, these big games that, you know, make a difference in, in RPI and things like that, your young team, your young players, you know, they seem to be unfazed by, I guess, the bigger moments. Yeah, well, I think the young players have less expectations out of themselves. Uh, although this particular group has high goals. Uh, but I, I think without a doubt, like, you know, those Stormies and the Maddies and they have nothing, they almost have nothing to lose. And and I do think that, like, an upperclassman with the wrong mental outlook, if they're taking the wrong mental approach, they do have more to, they, they can get themselves in a position where they feel like they have more to lose. But they've got to control that and just play like, you know, play like they're a freshman, you know, play Play free, play loose, play. Let it, let it hang out. You know, let it, let the game, just let the game evolve. And so that's thing that you know, ever no matter who you are, you've got to, you've got to work on that. I mean, one of the biggest challenges I've seen in my coaching career when you have a player as an All-American as a sophomore, or junior, they obviously have phenomenal results because that's why they're an All-American. And then they come out their senior year and or later in their career, and they, they, they. They feel so much pressure to repeat that phenomenal season that it bogs them down mentally, and then they can't repeat that All-American season that they had earlier in their career. Same thing we're dealing with right there. You know, it's the same thing we deal with with every senior, and we'll work our way through that. And it's it's not abnormal. I think in this case, it's magnified by the fact that you've got such a, a talented group of incoming players nipping at your heels um so so early in their career so and there's so many there's you know we're, the roster's full of uh, a lot of a lot of that situation so that makes it a little bit that changes the dynamics a little bit but that's that's just normal stuff that we got to deal with and and then in the long run really i don't think it'll have a whole huge effect on on the on the season gotcha coach jerry glasgow always appreciate you taking the time the next six for Louisiana are at Yvette Girard Field at Lamson Park. This Wednesday, they host McNeese. This weekend, they host Georgia State as they get into conference play. And next Wednesday, a doubleheader against the University of Texas. Coach Glasgow, I always appreciate your candidness, man. Um, been in, enjoying watching the team this year. I know that, uh, as you said, there's still some lofty goals ahead of you. And um, you're looking forward to... What comes next? And we always look forward to chatting with you each and every Monday, man. I'll let you get back to work. All the best, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Okay, Scott. Yeah, this is a big week, and 
you know, one of the things that this team's done really good is they've won the games that they're supposed to win. Um, and so we got to be real careful here with McNeese. And, of course, Georgia State's coming in. They had a good weekend and played against Florida, played a good game against Florida. And teams, these are games that we should win, but we better we better be focused because that, that's going to be the key to this season is if they can avoid any upset losses. or You know, you don't want to have more than one or two of those upset losses throughout a 56-game season. So that's our, that's our focus this week, and we're looking forward to get back on the field. Thank you. All the best. Take care, Coach. That is Louisiana softball coach Jerry Glasgow. Week ahead, I, I probably should ask him a little bit more about it, just kind of looking behind, but, you know, that's what I do a lot of times on Mondays. But Jerry just says what's on his mind, which, again, I always appreciate. I think that's why, you know, sometimes the interviews with him maybe go longer than with some other coaches. He, uh, You ask him a question and he'll... He'll talk for a while, but it's it's what's on his mind. It's not just words that have no meaning behind them. 38 after the hour. I'm Scott Prather. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. We are inching closer to St. Patty's Day. That's the day of Patty in the Park. Downtown Lafayette, Park International. We have a mix of local and national acts, old school flavor. It is going to be awesome. Patty in the Park, sponsored by Bud Light Next and Go Auto Insurance. We got Clay Cormier and Wayne Toops. Yes, indeed. We have Rob Bass, Quad City DJs, and Tone Loke. Get your tickets now, $20 at eventbrite.com or purchase your tickets in person at all in any legends locations make it happen park international thursday march 17th gates open at five music starts at 5 30 kids 12 and under get in free you know how awesome wayne toops is live many of you have gotten to know clay cormier his band is awesome and uh yeah it takes two remember rob base come on ride the train quad city dj i know you guys know tone low going to be awesome 40 after the hour when we come back coach k send off from cameron indoor Whew. that was something wasn't it boy that was something i'm just so glad it's all over with are you maybe depending on whether you root for duke or root against duke will uh totally determine the shades that you were viewing that thing through if you did watch it. And if you didn't watch it, maybe you watched it after the fact. Or if you just saw the coverage of it. We'll discuss next. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket. in Sports talk that's so legit, it smells like beer and chicken wings. I mean, can't you smell it? I'm smelling barbecue, too. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. 
Coach Matt Deggs coming up in 30 minutes. Assistant Coach Mike Murphy from UL Hoops at 840. Cajun Hoops as we open up the show with. Playing for a Sunbelt Conference champion tournament championship tonight against none other than Georgia State. Are you kidding me? Here we go. We'll uh, we'll tackle that once again when we uh, kick off the 8 o'clock hour. But I, I wanted to spend a segment on what unfolded Saturday night in Durham. After 42 seasons, Coach Krzyzewski will be leaving Duke. He has uh, almost 1,200 wins, brought five Nationals titles to Duke. And, boy, depending on if you love Duke or hate Duke, will tell you everything about how you viewed that thing on Saturday. I'm not a Duke fan. Don't give me the, how could you not be? Oh, my God. But, oh, what? That's part of it, right? Coach K does things that get celebrated that if another coach does, he gets lauded for. Like maybe after a game, scolding an opposing player that's not his own for scoring a bucket late in a game that Duke lost and then lying about it after and saying, no, I didn't say that. And then audio being picked up on the court to prove he did and then him finally admitting that he did, but hey, he needed to do it. Whatever. Just one of many examples. Or announcing in June that he was going to retire because he didn't want it to be about him all season, just you know, wanted to get that out of the way. Well, when you announce in June that you're going to retire for a season that's starting several months later, you're going to have a farewell tour at every school except UNC. He gave him some nice departing gifts throughout the year. It's quite cold in Durham, and if you want to be one of these Duke students that doesn't want to pay $6,000, which was the average price of tickets on the market to get into that game on Saturday to watch Duke lose by 13 to an average UNC team, you got to camp out, and they camped out. Now, look, Coach K didn't die. Duke season didn't end. The ACC tournament begins tomorrow in New York City, and Duke will be in the dance as well. You get Coach K saying, you know, I'd rather play in this Midwest region so I can be close to this. I mean, he's already just asking for things. There's no doubt he is one of the greatest coaches of all time, and I have never, never denied that. In the truth is, I'm going to miss the heck out of him. Duke is fun to root against, especially considering I one of my best friends, huge Duke fan. My brother-in-law, a Duke grad, huge Duke fan. I get it. He went there. Of course he is. Why wouldn't he be? He had over 100 prestigious alumni in the house. They named a bench after him. I mean, what else? They, named, they already named the court after him. You had fans and I don't know, Sesame Street costumes, crying. Seeing a kid in an Ernie costume just bawling his eyes out, that was that was rich. That was rich. But thousands of Blue Devil fans that paid tens of thousands to watch Duke lose to UNC. And you could say, oh, well, they got to schedule someone else. No, Duke-UNC. If, if Duke wanted to play UNC in the final, or if they didn't want to, they couldn't have really change the schedule to do it, although I say that Coach K could have, but this would have been the year to do it. I mean, they beat an unranked UNC team by 20 earlier this year. They were an 11-point favorite. They lost by 13. 
Well, it must have been the big scene. Must have been everything surrounding it, putting too much pressure on him. What about the seniors on Duke? <laughs> what, like, they have two seniors. I don't think they got honored. Look, the ESPN broadcast where they dedicated six channels to it and then couldn't show the beginning because a Kansas game went too long. If you had only watched that, it was all, all hail Coach K. All praise Coach K. And if you just happened to get online and get on social media, oh my goodness, was it quite different. It was, uh, yeah, the reaction, reaction was a little, little different there. The 13-point margin of defeat is Duke's third largest to an unranked opponent under Coach K, by the way. That's a tough way to have your last game at Cameron. Oof. And if you weren't a Duke fan, you weren't going to be kind to Coach K. Just, just not. Look, Duke, Duke, Duke's good enough to still make a run and maybe win the whole thing. And if they do, oh, my God. Well, it, it'll just, just prepare yourselves, everyone. Every sports network, every TV network, the whole world will be all over it. But if they somehow were to, like, get blown out in the NCAA tournament, I, I think that Twitter might break. Heck, if they win it all, Twitter might break. It's on. This is the thing. I'm going to miss Coach K. I really am. Duke fans, Duke haters, everybody. Everybody. I think the, the, the one difference in Duke and some other teams is, or let's say, let's say um, notable sports brands that draw a strong reaction from everyone, right? Dallas Cowboys do it. The New York Yankees do it. The Lakers do it to an extent. Duke basketball does it. The Patriots did it for a while because they had, you know, just tons of tons of success and some questionable things surrounding it when it comes to Gates and the way the media covered and all this other stuff. But I think the, the difference is the sport, like the, let's say you're MLB journalist. You know, you're covering the Yankees. You're not just solely unaware that there is a large segment that can't stand the Yankees. The Dallas Cowboys. Every journalist that, that covers the NFL and the Cowboys is... They make it pretty obvious, yes, we realize that there are some people that love the Cowboys and there's some people that hate the Cowboys. I mean, ESPN's coverage, your college, particularly college basketball pundits and writers' coverage of Duke over the years is just on television, is like it's it's the best. There's no there's no scars on this thing. There's no marks. It's just beautiful. This is the, this is what it's all about. Cameron Indoor, that's, come on. That's the Vatican of college basketball arenas. Coach K has done everything right. He can do no wrong. It's different. Now, you know, you go on the internet, you go to some other places, and people will let you know how they feel. That's, that, I guess that's the one difference between 
how the writers and journalists, particular sport carry, you know, uh, covered too, compared to some of those other brands I mentioned that are either beloved or despised. And all the Duke haters that were having fun Saturday, Duke makes a run in the tournament. They're all going to be, you know, they're going to be crying. Now they're probably not going to be wearing a Sesame Street outfit with face paint on or anything like that. But hey, Coach K, it was nice. He had his family there, his grandkids came out. It's a nice moment. I'm serious. I mean that. It was a nice moment. The end result, he apologized. Said he was glad the whole thing was over. I don't know. I was. I wanted it to keep going. It was nice. It was nice. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Speaking of college hoops, Louisiana taking on Georgia State tonight. In the Sunbelt Conference Tournament Championship, just like everyone drew it up, right? Just like everyone drew it up. Hmm. We'll talk about that plenty next hour. Coach Marlin, what he went through over the weekend, what he's going through. We'll talk to assistant coach Mike Murphy later uh, in the 8 o'clock hour as well. They've just found it. Big win for LSU hoops as well. They beat uh, Alabama in OT. LSU, you know, I feel like probably a six seed right now in the NCAA tournament. I think they they can play their way a little bit higher. I mean, I I feel like I feel like in the SEC tournament, if they get a matchup with an Arkansas, it, it really depends on. What comes next for the Tigers in the tourney, in the SEC tournament? That win against, you know, the the one-point loss to Arkansas was tough, no doubt. The win against Alabama, the fact that they were still ranked. You know, both of those games would be looked at as, as, as quad one games. But I think depending on what LSU does here in the in the SEC tournament, you know, who are they playing Thursday? They're playing either Missouri or Ole Miss. You win that game, and then you get to play Arkansas on Friday. I said a road game. I mean, you know, you gotta gotta take care of business. But if they get a win against Arkansas on Friday, then you start talking about moving up from six, maybe into a five. And then if you go deeper in the tournament, you could be looking at even farther. But right now, I would say they're a six seed, maybe a seven. Win Thursday, beat Arkansas on Friday. Arkansas's hot right now. This is a great time of year for college hoops. Great time of year. And over at the Sunbelt Tournament in Pensacola, Rage Cage Women's Hoops, their season in it yesterday. Uh, Coach Broadhead, another strong season, but they're still looking to punch that ticket to the dance. Still looking for that ultimate goal. Men's basketball team, there weren't big expectations. I saw a lot of folks on social media on you know Thursday putting a bunch of money on UTA to win the game. Cajun fans, oh, no Kobe Julian, there's no way. Cajuns win that one, right? Then they go out, and on Saturday, they beat the number one seed, Texas State, who hadn't lost since January, who was riding a nine-game win streak. Jordan Brown was amazing. 
Then yesterday against Troy, they lock it up defensively. Greg Williams, his confidence is, I would say, fully back. He's he he's, I would say, he's been the MVP of the team in the tournament. What he is doing, what he is creating for the rest of the offense, what they're doing on the defensive side of the floor, and now they get Georgia State tonight. And what Coach Marlin's going through right now, what happened to him and his family over the weekend, it would be nice if the Cajuns were able to get the win tonight, punch their ticket to the dance. I know Theo Akuba, Greg Williams said yesterday they certainly would love to do it for the team, but also for Coach Marlin and what he's going through. You'll hear what Coach Marlin had to say last night after the win. We'll talk to Coach Murphy a little bit later on. We got Coach Deggs coming up at 815. It's the great Scott Show. Don't go anywhere. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. (laughs) Move me. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Great Scott Show, 8 o'clock hour. ESPN Lafayette coming at you on a Monday morning. Hope you all had a great weekend. You're just joining the show. Talked about Coach K's last game at Cameron. Talked a little UL and LSU hoops. Talked to Coach Jerry Glasgow, Rage Cajun softball coach for a while. Rage Cajun baseball coach Matt Deggs coming up at 8.15. We haven't dug into Cajun baseball quite yet. We certainly will with Coach Deggs. But um, that's coming your way. Coach Murphy, assistant uh, basketball coach for the Cajuns, will join me at 8.40. UL men's hoops. Don't lie, Cajun fans. You are shocked and surprised that they're in the conference championship game. But you're glad they are. You're excited. As the eighth seed, the uh, the Cajuns are the um, <clears throat> highest ever seed to advance to the title game. And now they're going up against Georgia State, who is playing in their fourth straight final, who many thought would be good this year, got off to a really rough start. But between COVID, certainly early in the basketball season, I know November feels like so long ago, early in the basketball season, Multiple players in and out of the lineup. They found their groove, and they were playing good ball. And now one of those teams, either the Panthers or the Raging Cajuns, will be in the NCAA tournament. 6 o'clock tonight. Pre-game at 5.30 over on our sibling station, Newstalk 96.5 KPL. And nationally televised on ESPN2. Kobe Julian, Hurt, Cajuns continuing to win. 
You know, the game Thursday, they had a big lead against UTA. UTA made it interesting in the end. Cajun survived in advance. Many are like, oh, well, they held on. That's something that they've struggled to do at times this year. Saturday's game against Texas State, that was extremely impressive. A Texas State team that had not lost since January. A Texas State team that was riding the longest win streak in the Sun Belt by a ton. And Louisiana offensively, just, they were hot. Jordan Brown, career high, 31 points. They were awesome. The passing was there, the movement, and then Greg Williams. Greg Williams Jr., who I was talking to Rage Occasion alum and and TV analyst Eric Mouton about, I guess, a month ago or five, a little over a month ago about Williams and in the starting lineup, then he wouldn't, where he was at, not, not showing up on the stat sheet much. And he's like, I, this guy has pro potential. He's that good. I mean, he was at St. John's. A lot of you saw him play here at LC. He's a local guy, and I, I agreed with him. And I asked Coach Marlin about it the next day, and he said he's just got to get his confidence back. And the confidence is back. And it's been back for, I would say, the last three weeks, and it's back in a big way. He has been... I would say the MVP of the tournament thus far for the Cajuns over these three wins. And he was great again last night. In the win over Troy, where offensively the Cajuns weren't putting up, you know, the the kind of offense they had against Texas State. But defensively, they were terrific. And Williams feels like he's comfortable in the role Asked him last night, you know, confidence is high, which changed. He said, I'm just just being myself. He's been great. And here the Cajuns are against Georgia State of all teams with a chance to punch their ticket. Don't act like you were expecting this. And that's okay if you didn't. It's also okay to be excited about it if you want to be. This is a big moment, big opportunity. And on top of that, you have Coach Bob Marlin, who some of you feel like he's maybe coaching for his job. Leading this team to these wins and doing so under um, tough emotional conditions. I'm thinking and praying for Coach Marlin and his family. He lost his mother on Saturday. It was also his birthday. Coach Marlin uh, had to drive after the win against Texas State. Six hours up to uh, Mississippi where his mother was. And he was able to be there. And then he drove back to coach the team in a semifinal win. He was asked last night about what the last 24 hours had been like for him. Here's what he had to say. Tell. It's just been really uh, emotional and, uh, you know, trying to get home. We, we think we got two hours sleep last night and uh, drove six hours and to, to be with my mother. 
yesterday was my birthday also. So a lot of things going on and the, the team knew a lot of people didn't know, but, uh, you know, we were able to get there and see her. And my mother was a, uh, four year letterman or letter woman in uh, high school. And she loved basketball and she would have wanted me to be here today. And I, I can feel her strength. I can promise you that. And I think our guys do too. So it's been a hard day. I uh, told the coaches, make sure they watch this game because I'm going to go get some rest. And the Zoom question for the players, uh, thoughts on playing for Coach Marlin and um, everything he's been through? Um, yeah, we we uh, we knew about it since um, the last game. Um, we took it upon ourselves to uh, to take it to the next level this game, um, to do it not just for him, for his mother, uh, for us, because we know like like we're supposed to be here, um, and we have one more, you know, one more. Hopefully, we're we're, we're here in this uh, same spot tomorrow. Yeah, one more. Yeah, man, I think we're just a big family, so you know, it's it's important to come together and just protect each other, you know, be there for everyone and you know, just make it happen. So I think it's, it was over the course of the season where we just bond together, stay together, and um, just stay the course. That is uh, Theo Kuba and Greg Williams. Uh, they were had their hands over on Coach Marlin's shoulder as he was describing those, uh, you know, 24 hours, what it had been like, and certainly wishing him, uh, wishing him best. Obviously, there's some things that are bigger than sports. We'll talk to Coach Matt Deggs next. We'll get into baseball, college baseball on the diamond, Louisiana versus Southern Miss. Cajuns uh, took Friday night's game. They fell on Saturday and Sunday. We've got a lot to get into with Coach Deggs, and we're going to do it next right here. It's the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather coming to you from the ESPN Lafayette studio, sponsored by Bet Rivers. Every day at Bet Rivers Sportsbook, Louisiana. You'll find line specials, daily boosted odds, parlays of the day, and more. Download the Bet River Sportsbook app, the best Louisiana sports betting experience. Learn more at BetRivers.com. What's up, Acadiana? This is Rich Eisen. Check out the Rich Eisen Show every weekday from noon to 3 and get your sports fix right here on ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. ESPN Lafayette. E to the S to the P to the N. The best ticket in sports. a reason to get fired up but you know if I play that song I guess it doesn't hurt when it comes to our next guest Louisiana Rage Cajun head baseball coach Matt Deggs joins me now good morning coach how you doing good morning Scotty how you doing I'm well I'm well uh as you love to say hey man we're alive it's feeling good it's Monday right yeah my only only regret is that we don't have 48 hours on Monday just just 24 how, I feel like we're getting cheated. 
let, let me ask you this. Speaking of twenty four forty eight, you're 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 as competitive as they get. I know you love to win. How long does it take nah, you? To... There's only uh, there's only one guy that may be able to beat me there, and that's Chase Conrad. Okay. Well, you know, Michael Strentz might get in on that too. You never know. Um, He'll have something to say, but Chase is that's just a bad loser right there. You talk about bad company. What, how long does it take you to to get over a loss? Does it vary, Coach, game <laughs> to game? You, I don't think you ever do. They're always attached to you in some form or fashion forever. And it's not in in our business. It's not the wins that 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 you talk about a lot of times. It's uh, you know a little piece dies with you every time, and that's just the way I see it. Because I I fully expect us to win every game. Well, and uh, the, I guess what you're saying is flip the page, right? Sure. And that's, uh, that's got to happen when you get out of bed the next day and uh, throughout the day. There's a certain, professionally, there's a certain reverence that goes with it, okay? And uh, you've got to, because not everybody's going through the same things that you might be, right? And you've got to be respectful of that and until you, uh, you know, cross out the door or, or uh, heading out onto the field or get on the bus for the next game, uh, you know, that's when you flip that switch. Let's go. Well, it, you know, um, to harp on that just for a moment, um, Coach Desimo, UL's football coach, I remember at his press conference when he was being introduced as the head coach, he said, well, a lot of people tell you in the coaching business, you know, you can't take your your losses home with you, but uh, that's not true at my house. My, my wife and kids let me hear it. Um, you know, how for you in terms of family life, and I know how committed you are, uh, is did, how long did it take you to learn that, right? Like it's 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 on the service, but you know what? You can't, like you said, people are going through other stuff in their life. You can't carry it with you all the time. No, and look, I'm blessed because I'm married to a saint, and uh, she really balances me out, and I need that, right? And, uh you know, while she's fully invested, she's also, you know, running our house and uh, raising kids basically by herself for the last 22 years. And, uh, you know, so she she is uh, the type of strong woman that will keep me in, in check and balanced. And while she's fully invested in us and what we do, uh, it's a team effort between me and her. And so, so you know, she has ways of keeping me. Uh, balanced and, and uh, in line with what our priorities truly are. Coach Matt Deggs, our guest, ESPN Lafayette. Well, you say that you don't talk about the wins as much as the losses generally. I, I want to ask you about the win on Friday before uh, the rest of the weekend. I mean, you, you, did you like what you saw from Tommy Ray? And, uh, and then Brandon Talley came in with a save. You know, From a pitching standpoint, it, it seemed like a, a solid performance. You got the run support. You got the win. No, and that's uh, I thought it was a dang good game, and and uh, against two good teams, and all weekend we had great fan support. It had a regional atmosphere to it, and uh, you know coming down the stretch Sunday, it had a super regional feel to it. I mean, it was uh, it looked like postseason baseball, and and uh, you know I thought Tommy got us off to a great start, set a great tone. He's big, he's physical, he's imposing. Uh, he won with the fastball. And then Tal came right back behind him, and he won with the fastball. Our, our entire mission Friday was win the fastball, win the plate, win the twos, and uh, we were able to do that. Now, 
coming down the stretch Saturday and Sunday, they beat us with pitching. And, uh, you know, offensively, we got to do a better job of stopping momentum and uh, finding ways to, to create and then move and then clutch up and get them in. And, you know, it's, credit to them. That, that's some, that's the best pitching we've seen all year. I mean, and that includes, you know, the, the, the Stanfords, the Arkansas, the, you know, the UCIs. Uh, that's the best pitching we've seen. And, uh, you know, something that, that won't show up in the box score is we, we put a ton of balls in play and a ton of balls in play hard. I thought the biggest difference was their balls. And look, so did they, right? Their balls found holes. Our balls went right at people. And, uh, you know, we just had a lot of stuff going against us. And at some point, that's where expectation and experience comes in, and you willed yourself to get it done. And that's just our missing ingredient. About midway midway through, you know, I take notes during a game. I said, we're just not there yet. Uh, that's what's missing from us. And you could see it in our guys, and we start pressing a little bit down the stretch, which, look, that's totally normal. But you got to find a way to get it done. And this group will, man. And, uh, of course, their staff was very complimentary of our team and, and me as well to them. Uh, this is going to be a team that will weather these storms because we have character. And uh, they're going to be really good in a few weeks and a lot of fun to watch. Coach Matt Deggs, our guest, uh, some, some good defense, good pitching. As you mentioned, just... We're doing all this, too, without without – you know, pound for pound, one of our best players in Max Marshock, who's out, and uh, one of our better arms uh, in the bullpen, Trey LaFleur, who's out. And so Blake Marshall's out. We've got a couple of injuries that we're going to get back to, which is exciting. Do we have a timeline on any of those, Coach, or is it a day-to-day thing? I think it's more week-to-week okay. than day-to-day. Uh, it's certainly not day-to-day. Uh, I think it's week-to-week, but it's going to happen. Capitalizing on those those scoring opportunities is is that big component right now. Um, you you have full confidence in this team as the season moves on. So to do that right, it's growth, right? It's it's evolving. Where do you feel like your team grew over the weekend? Well, you know, to get to ultimately get it done, you got to continue to work, and you got to continue to derive confidence from getting it done in your work, and then. It's got to happen for you at some point, and uh, you know we've we've been a little back and forth on that, and so uh, just kind of taken away from the weekend. It's it's you know we learned that that we aren't ready to finish a series yet against a, a quality quality team, and uh, while we're more than capable, you've got to go make your own breaks, and you know the the. There was a lot of calls that just didn't go our way, too. And there was, you know, I, it cost me the rest of a game on Saturday. Uh, and then there was a lot of breaks that didn't. But at, at the moment of truth, at some point, when the rubber meets the road, you have got to be able to stand up and just leave no doubt. And that's where we just fell a little bit short. Keep- but we've got the character to do that. We really do. Coach Matt Deggs, our guest, ESPN Lafayette. Coach, you, you brought up some calls. You know, I think in the last two-plus years, I've asked you a lot of questions. I don't think I've ever asked you a question uh, about umpiring, but 
Uh, how how do you feel about the umpiring over the weekend? You referenced Saturday and the check swing. I mean, I, I have it on my list here. I had to ask you about it. What were your thoughts on on uh, the umpiring over the weekend? Uh, probably, I don't feel like giving away any money, okay. so I probably don't need to touch that. I'll just say it's been addressed, and there's going to be some changes. Matt Deggs, our guest, ESPN Lafayette. Fair enough. Um, opportunity awaits. You're uh, at Louisiana Tech. This is a a team. You know, um, they've been ranked. They've they've got some you know impressive win on their resume already. You've got UNO on Wednesday midweek games on the road. Coach, um, you know, you, you had that midweek game last week, but it was kind of after a. You know, it was part of an extended long road trip where you guys were in Austin and then you were up in Natchitoches. These are kind of just your true road games, kind of in and out. Um, When you have back-to-back, you know, midweek road games in state, from a scheduling Mm -hmm. standpoint, a rest standpoint, how does that impact, I guess, your decision, prep, things like that? Look, I thought it was a pretty solid week coming off a really tough tournament in severe conditions. And, uh, to go on the road and get a big win at Northwestern State, which is hard to do, that was great. To win a tough game at home against them the next night, uh, seven straight days, that was awesome. Uh, and the difference is, you know, where, when you play a Stanford or Arkansas or whoever, uh, it, it's a little bit more of a, a you know, it's a little more uh, just straight-up baseball. When you play an in-state foe that might not have your schedule or might not have your setup, uh, they're coming to get you. And uh, there's going to be some overachievement involved, and it's going to be a tough tooth-and-nail game. And so those those games aren't layups, man. Those are sometimes your toughest games uh, because you've got a chance to pop somebody that may have a power five patch on their sleeve and, and shock them a little bit, you're not going to surprise an in-state school. They're going to be ready for you. And so you got to be ready com- to combat that. And we've been able to do that in-state with, you know, CELA, Northwestern State, and then get a great opportunity the next two nights on the road at, at uh, La Tech and UNO. You know, last year in La Tech, you played them early in the season. They were really strong. You had Arigetti still in the midweeks then. Uh, what's your pitching approach to these midweek games this week, Coach? It's just going to be all hands on deck. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's our, our staff. I don't think that with, with the exception of two or three, four guys have really defined a spot yet. And, and although I like a lot of our pieces, uh, I think it's going to be another opportunity to see where, you know, so-and-so fits. And, and uh, I think we'll get some really good performances and, and short stints over the next two nights. Rage Cajun head coach Matt Deggs for our Let You Run coach. Uh, Carson uh, Rockerfort has got the power. He's been um, at the plate this year, you know. I mean, if you mm-hmm. just look at the, the stats – I mean, they, it, it speaks for themselves with the, the 342 average and, um, you know, everything. I mean, but, but seeing him in person, too, you're able to kind of see his approach at the plate. And, you know, last year he was, he was good. I mean, what, I mean, he hit, what, 274 last year. Um, I think he had maybe 50 hits or 49, something like that. So for a player to... Well, he started good. 
okay, last year. Right. And teams adjusted to him, and he didn't adjust back. And the difference now is he's made some adjustments, and he can handle different pitches. He can handle the way they're pitching him. He's a year older. Uh, he's made some setup changes. Uh, he's got a really good approach going. And so he's able to combat what they do to him and then not only combat it, but attack it. And that's what you're seeing. Well, you answered my question. I was going to say what's, what's changed for him. And it was really just for a lot of guys, Degs, let me, let me follow up real quick on that. When a team gets a scouting report on you, because I've asked you this question as it relates to pitchers, not as much about hitters in, in, you've got plenty of history working with hitters. What is the, do you find for, for student athletes, the most difficult part of dealing with that? Okay. Scouting reports out. How are you going to change it? Where do you find is is their biggest challenge when it comes to that? Well, aptitude, you know, aptitude is the biggest part of this game. And, uh, which is just simply the ability and want to, to make an adjustment. And that's the first question you'll be asked by scouts or college coaches or whoever. Does he have aptitude? Can he adjust? Because it's a game of adjustments and not just, you know, year to year, week to week, uh, game to game. A lot of times it's in the at bat. And uh, you saw uh, Debo, the Bards, make an adjustment. His, his third at bat when he, gets, he drives in two with a, with a hustle double and a two-strike count. He had to adjust inside that at bat. And good players have aptitude, okay? Uh, average players, not so much. Uh, and I'll put it to you like this. If, if me and you go play golf and you start trying to jack with my golf swing, I'm going to tell you to get lost uh, because I only know one way to do it, right? I don't have any aptitude when it comes to golf. Uh, and I'm just an average golfer. But you take your... Uh, you know, your rocks and uh, your Kempels and Debo's and Robertson and these type guys that are athletes and, and just have incredible talent. Uh, Marshak, uh, CJ, you know, they have aptitude. They have the willingness and ability to adjust. If I told TR to hit on his head today, he'd go try it. That's just what you get out of, you know, next level players. You mentioned TR. How do you feel about his his play so far this season? I think he's grinding, man. I think he's learning a lot about who he is. I think he's uh, really, really uh, kind of left the result portion of things behind and, and just playing for the team. He'll play anywhere you ask him. He'll hit anywhere in the order. And uh, he's always here. He's always working. Great teammate. And, uh, you know, there's big things coming for him. Louisiana Raging Cajun head baseball coach Matt Deggs has been our guest. Tomorrow, Cajuns on the road at Louisiana Tech, 6 o'clock first pitch, 5.30 pregame. You can hear it right here on Wednesday, 6.30 first pitch, 6 o'clock pregame at UNO. Coach, man, it's always great chatting with you on Mondays. It's a uh, great way to, to start the morning, even though you're not the first guest, but Always enjoyed our our conversations, man, and uh, thank you for taking the time. All right, Scotty, have a great day. You too. That is Louisiana Raging Cajun head baseball coach Matt Dennis. Asking him about the umpiring, and I really I've ne- I have never asked him.
about it. An, an umpiring question. You say, well, I, I'm not going to go there. I don't want to get fined. But I'll say that, you know, things have been discussed and there have been some adjustments that have been made. You can read into that however you want, folks. However you want. Coming up in a few minutes, assistant coach Mike Murphy from Louisiana Raging Cajun Basketball taking on Georgia State tonight at the Sunbelt Conference Tournament Championship in Pensacola. Winner, heading to the dance. Got a lot to get into with him. Before we do that, though, we're 10 days away from the best party of the year. Patty in the park. St. Patrick's Day, Thursday, March 17th. We're throwing the ultimate St. Patty's party. That's right. Sponsored by Bud Light Next and Go Auto Insurance. We got to line up with Clay Cormier and Wayne Toops. And then we got some national numbers like Rob Bass, Quad City DJs, Tone Loke, going old school. Tickets are on sale now. $20. Eventbrite.com or at any Legends location. Kids 12 and under get in free. If you wait till the day of the show, the tickets are going to cost you $25. So go get them. Go get them now. It's going to be awesome. For sure. This is ESPN Lafayette. 1033 on the FM, 1420 on the AM and streaming worldwide via the ESPN Lafayette app and ESPNLafayette.com. If you're listening to me via the stream, that's brought to you by Champagne's Market on the Wilson Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. Going, don't go anywhere. Because up next, we're talking Cajun hoops. They got a chance to punch their ticket to the NCAA tournament tonight against Georgia State of all teams. Isn't that rich? We're going to talk to Coach Mike Murphy after this. We'll ask him about Coach Bob Marlin what he's going through right now, what it took for him to be there yesterday, what's working right now for this team, where is it all coming from, Greg Williams' play, all of that and more right after this on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Hey, this is Rich Eisen, and you can hear me every day on ESPN Lafayette from noon to 3 on The Rich Eisen Show. You, my friend. I'm glad I did this test on you, the friendship test. What? You got the best seat in the house. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show on a Monday, the day of the Sunbelt Conference Tournament Championship. Louisiana, the highest ever seed to advance to the title game, going up against Georgia State, who is in their fourth straight final. Just like everyone drew it up, hey, that's why they play, and right now the Cajuns are playing their best basketball of the season, at least in my opinion. But let me let me ask somebody that's a lot closer to the action, assistant coach Mike Murphy from Louisiana, joins us now. Uh, first off, Murph, good morning, man. I appreciate you taking the time. How you feeling? Uh, good morning. Uh, I'm fine, Scott. Thank you. So do you feel like you guys are playing your best ball right now? 
Yeah, yeah I, I do. Um, you know, we've won six of our last seven, and we've beaten two teams that, that beat us twice during the year in, in UT Arlington and Texas State. Texas State, the overall number one seed in the conference. Um, had a 14-point lead in the first half against Georgia State in the final game of the season, their last game in that building. And there was also senior night, so we had that going against us. But, I mean, yeah, I think we're playing our best basketball. It's also um, great to see players like Greg Williams and Jalen Dalcourt, two Lafayette kids, playing their best at this time of the year. And um, because of that, I think we're finding some success. You know, I'm glad you brought up Dalcourt because I, I, I have not talked about him enough. You know, I've talked about Greg uh, quite a bit this season, but what Dalcourt brings to the table, just uh, a, a lot of focus is on, right, the three-point shooting and his – what are some other things that, that he does for you guys or has done as of late with his confidence just uh, being, from, from an outsider's perspective, seems to be really high right now? Well, he's a really good athlete, and because of that, he can rebound the basketball, and he's, he can score at the rim, and we're trying to encourage him to do that more. Um, he can be a really good defender, as any of our guys can be when you're really locked in, but his athleticism, he's a strong two-guard. He's not the biggest two-guard, but he's a very strong and athletic two-guard, and that strength and athleticism allows him to do some things at the rim that other two-guards can't do, and, and that's his, his difference maker, so to speak, for him personally. He's always had the ability to shoot the three-point shot. And, and right now I think he's playing a very steady game, a very efficient game, and the kind of game we need in order to win. And we'll need that uh, tonight in a big way because Georgia State's guards are very good. You mentioned Greg Williams. Um, I feel like he's maybe been the MVP for you guys in the tournament thus far. And it wasn't that long ago, Coach, that his confidence was down. I mean, Coach Marlin told me we, we got to get his confidence back up. He was in the lineup and he was never completely out of it, but certainly, you know, not starting minutes were down and found what's working for him. I asked last night, I said, well, you know, you, you seem to be very confident right now. You're playing great ball. What's been the key? And he said, just being myself. So you've seen him kind of start hot, go low, back up, playing great right now. What's been the biggest key? What's been the biggest thing that sort of fueled him? I would say over the last three weeks to just playing really great basketball, especially here in the tournament for y'all. Well, well, Greg is a very mature young man. He's got a great basketball IQ. He works hard. He's very steady emotionally, which I think has really benefited him during the year because he has been on a roller coaster, so to speak. But we've just encouraged him to be himself. We've taken him off the ball, which I think he's more comfortable with. Not that he, not that he can't do it, but I think you know that's a secondary position for him, not a primary position. And I, I just think it's his level of maturity, his experience, and his demeanor, which have served him very well. I think the staff has done a great job in trying to keep him engaged, not that they had to, but trying to make him feel like, hey, we still believe in you. You need to believe in yourself. And he's done that. But I think it's the maturity. I think it's the efficiency. I think it's the experience. And I just really think it's his own personal makeup because a lot of guys in his position probably would have caved by now, you know, because it has been an up-and-down uh, season for him and and he is definitely playing his best over the last three weeks and and we're hoping that he does have an mvp performance uh, tonight because if he does i think we have a chance to win director of basketball operations coach mike murphy assistant coach for ul raging cajun basketball as he mentioned playing for the conference tournament championship tonight chance to punch their ticket to the ncaa tournament uh trajan wesley 
took a hard spill last night late in the game. Uh, Murph, how is, how is he feeling today? He's fine. He takes a hard spill every game. That's just how he plays, literally. I mean, you know, he only knows how to play one way, and he realizes with his size he's got to sacrifice his body every now and then. And that's going to happen, and, and he's not afraid to do that. Um, he's fine. He's a little sore, but, you know, the dog's barking the caravan moves on since that time of year. Is, is and, the, uh, from a health standpoint, uh, roster tonight's pretty much what you had last night? Yeah. I mean, yeah. This time of year, nobody's hurt unless you can't walk. Gotcha. Well, I know a few guys aren't available, but they... Um... Well, I mean, Kobe Julian can, which is... And listen, that's the other part that doesn't... I think it's overlooked, is... Um, You've got a kid in Kobe Julian, who was our second leading scorer, one of our best three-point shooters, and a third-team all-league guy, as voted on by the other coaches, so they obviously think he's pretty good. You know, he goes down against Georgia State midway through this, halfway through the first half and uh, is not available for the tournament. And, you know, we're, we're able to do this without our second leading scorer, one of our best three-point shooters, and a guy who has size at that swing position that can score from perimeter, can score at the basket, and when engaged, can be a, a devastating offensive rebounder, and and I think that's I think that's something that kind of gets lost in the weeds, so to speak, because of the success we're having with the guys on the court. Mike Murphy, our guest right now, ESPN Live. He had the best ticket in sports. Uh, you mentioned the last game against Georgia State. There, um, you know, you've won six of your last seven. One loss came to Georgia State. Uh, two of the last three you've won were teams that. You know, you lost two twice during the season, and you, you handled your business and you took care of them. What's the key tonight to to, to doing it again against the team? You know, you you had two losses too, but um, it's for it's for the whole shebang tonight, Murph. I mean, you know, the mission is March. Here it is, one more. What's the key against the Panthers? Well, I mean, they're a very good basketball team. They've won nine games in a row now. Texas State, when we beat them in the quarterfinals. Um, they had one nine games in a row. So they're playing their best as well. And, and they started the year really, really rough because of COVID injuries. Everyone's gone through that. Um, they've got really good play all over the board. They've got everyone back from last year. Um, they can score at the basket. They can score from the perimeter. Their, their guards are really, really good. They're athletic. And they can be very physical. Let's face it, we've played three really physical teams already, so that's not going to be an issue. But they're, they're just a very well-balanced team. Uh, we have been very competitive again against them in both of our games. We feel like one or two possessions goes our way, we win the game. It was a single possession with a minute and a half to go at their place in order to win the game. It's a one-possession game at our place with under a minute to win the game. So this is going to be a really, really hard-fought game against two, I think, teams playing their best at the end of the year with their best players playing their best, which is critical. Your best guys have to be at their best when their best is required, especially in March if you're going to advance. And we're very fortunate our best guys are doing that. So are theirs, to their credit. So this is going to be a real battle, and it's going to be fun to be a part of. But but I fully expect this to be a 40-minute game. It could be a 45-minute game. In order for us to win, don't turn the ball over. And... Um, don't give them extra possessions because they're good enough offensively. They'll make you pay for those extra possessions. We've got to dominate the glass, especially with our two big guys. We've got to dominate the glass, and we've got to get second-chance opportunities with offensive rebounds. If we do that, I think we'll be fine. If we limit turnovers, don't give them extra possessions, and then we've got to rebound you-know-what out of the ball. And if we do that, I think we'll come out on the winning side. But once again, at this time of year, in this type of game, 
All right, your best players have to play their best in order for you to move on. And then you've got to find somebody. You've got to find that third score that's going to get things done. And if you do that, you have a chance to advance to the NCAA tournament. Pensacola Bay Center tonight, 6 o'clock tip, 5.30 pregame radio on our sibling station, Newstalk 96.5 KPAL, nationally televised on ESPN2. My last question for you, Murph, is about Coach Marlin. Um, emotional time for him. Uh, Saturday, his mother passed away. It was also Coach Marlin's birthday. And um, he, he spoke last night briefly about how difficult the 24 hours was how he hadn't slept much, how he, you know, after the game on Saturday made the drive to Mississippi, he was able to be with her. Um, and, you know, certainly our thoughts, prayers, condolences go out to Coach Marlin this time. How, how, from your perspective, how difficult was it for him to to get back there and be there with the team? Just not so much. I know he wanted to be there and he said, look, my, my mother, she, she wanted it too. I just mean from just a, I guess, travel standpoint and everything else how how hard was it for him to be back with the team last night and, and how important was it for you guys ultimately having him there and getting the win well fathom this on saturday you have a huge win against a really good team and you've known about the condition of your mom for the last 24 hours and you've got to make a six-hour drive a six-hour drive and not knowing if she's going to be there when you get there so that's the emotional stress is more than physical stress and the emotional stress is what wears you out physically. Um, you get there, and then you, your mom passes, and then he has to drive back another six hours. And you got to leave first thing in the morning, uh, knowing that your mom has passed, and there's arrangements that have to be made, and things that have to be processed. So you've got to process all that and be able to compartmentalize some of that. So just from an emotional and physical standpoint, how he handled it, he handled it like a pro. And uh, when he got back, um, he was at the team meal and uh, fully engaged and right on and had done a better job than I could have done, you could have done, or anybody else could have done. Because this wasn't a one-day event. This was a 72-hour event that was really very taxing emotionally on him that he handled like a pro. And, um, you know, I thought the staff and the kids did a really good job in helping him uh, get through some of this and, you know, where you win and everything, you know, makes life easier. You know, that's a bunch of crap. This isn't about winning a game. I mean, with what he went through. That's just an absolute ton of crap when people want to talk about that. All right. He, he, he lost a parent that was very dear to him, the most important person in his life, and uh, a person he was very, very close to. And um, I was just amazed how well he handled it and, and – uh, uh, I was very proud of the way he handled it. And, and uh, you know, it, it, was, it was tough, but the players and the staff did a really good job yesterday morning in getting the guys ready to play. The guys did a really good job in staying focused and engaged in what the game plan was because they knew the situation. They knew Coach wouldn't be there for the morning practice. So I was, I was really proud of everybody, regardless if we won the game or not. You know, take that this is a game. So um, I was very proud of him. Uh, I've known him for a long, long time. And um, very proud to be on his staff and and, and uh, to call him my friend. The way he, he handled this, I know he's he's leaning on you guys right now, Murph. And you know, as you said, there there are things uh, much more important in life than than basketball. And I know that basketball is what you guys do, but it's not who you are. And um, you know, again, thoughts and prayers to coach and um, 
Best of luck tonight. I know that there's a, a great opportunity here tonight. You talked about what the keys are, and uh, I know folks are excited to see it. So, And the fact that it's Georgia State, Murph, I know that I know, I know Coach Hunter hasn't been there for a little while, but it, it just if, if you had told me the Cajuns are going to make a run, they're going to be in the, the tournament championship, you know, who would be the, 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 the perfect team to, from a storyline standpoint to face, I would say, well, Georgia State, that would be pretty apropos. So, I know, uh, I know, fans and you know, just basketball fans as well. They're they're excited about it tonight, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a great game against two teams playing at their best. It should be very competitive. I, I'm looking forward to it as well. And um, let's see what happens. You know, six o'clock. Yeah, it, it's 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 going to be fun. It really is. It's going to be fun. Murph, I appreciate you taking the time, man. All the best. I'll let you guys get back to work. Thank you. Go Cajuns. There you go. There is Mike Murphy, Director of Basketball Operations, Assistant Coach with Louisiana Rage Cajun Hoops. He is a title of Director of Basketball Ops, but he is no doubt an assistant coach for him. And that is it for the great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. Tomorrow, Jay Walker will be on with me in the 8 o'clock hour. We will talk about tonight's Sunbelt Conference Tournament Championship game. Working on maybe another guest or two as well. Looking forward to it. Don't go anywhere. The Dan Patrick Show is next. It's been a fun Monday. The heck of a weekend in sports. It's March, baby. Buckle up. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports.